right, we're back. Troy Harmon with Hensler Financial. Also here with uh, Casey Smith and Jarrett McKenzie. Let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, we answer questions. We answer financial questions on this show. And uh, we just rolled out something new. Uh, I think we talked about it last time I was on, at least. Uh, and uh, this week, we actually have a question uh, in this manner. So let me let me explain the service. If uh, you would like to have your question put on the air, you can give us a call at 1-855-429-9166. You leave your question uh, on our voicemail. We take that voicemail. Uh, if you ooh and on uh, like I do, you're probably going to get it cleaned up a little bit. And then we'll replay your question and answer it on Money Talks next week. Uh, you can always email us as well, drgene at hensler.com. Hensler is spelled H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Uh, but if you're in your car or, you know, uh, don't want to bother with the email, give a question, give, uh, give a call to that one eight five five four two nine nine one six six. Leave your question uh, and we will play it. So we actually have one this week. And guys, if y'all are ready for this, here we go. Got uh, Ginger, opinions on HSAs. Hi, um, my name's Ginger. Um, I wanted to go ahead and get your opinion on HSAs. I'm covered by a high deductible plan at work, and we have the option to put money in a flex spending account, but it's not mandatory for our insurance. And from what I can tell, I'm eligible to open an HSA. So I wanted to kind of get your opinions on that. Thanks so much. So there you have it. Question for our financial planner. Absolutely. And thanks to Ginger for calling in and leaving that question. That's actually a very good question. Um, you know, Jarrett, what do you what do you think about that? Yeah, the, the HSAs in general, I mean, clearly are, are an option in some of the health plans through your employer. Not all are eligible for an HSA, but some are. And, and generally the way that I view them is, you know, if – if you have consistently, you know, say, regular year-to-year expenses, medical expenses, that is, and you can plan for there being those those continued expenses, then if you're eligible for one of these, I would say it's certainly worthwhile to contribute, but specifically for that purpose. I know some of these plans have an option to invest the money that is within the HSA, and so if that's if that's any of your intent, I would say there, there's a better vehicle in order to accomplish that with the other types of retirement accounts and so forth. But uh, with regard to the HSA itself, I mean, that should, in my mind, relate specifically to the medical expenses. And, again, it's, it's certainly worthwhile if you're eligible to contribute to one so that you can get the benefit of having that account uh, when you also have medical expenses. Absolutely. I mean, I think the HSA is a, is a good option. Uh, you it, guys it, are throwing this HSA around. What does that I'm stand sorry. for? Health Savings Account. Oh, okay. Sorry. Oh, I, I had to play the, the guy that bought the, yeah. the Harambe <laughs> Cheeto. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, Ginger clearly knows what it is, but you're right. The audience may not be as familiar with it, and so maybe that's a, a good place to. Yeah, that's what we should have started with that, but thanks for, for straightening this out there. All too. right. Thank you. Um, <laughs> you're, you're good. <laughs> We, uh, you know, as Jarrett was saying, it, it is, there are some benefits to the HSA, which is, uh, you know, the money that you put into the plan, into the HSA account, uh, can grow tax deferred, like an IRA, and it's actually yeah. tax free if you use the funds to pay for qualified medical expenses. Right. So it's sort of like a 529 plan for education. It's just the, the health 
a health savings version of that. Right, and you um, have to buy a special insurance plan as well, right? You have to, you have in order to qualify, you have to be covered under what the, what they call a high deductible health plan. Right. Um, now, high deductible is a relative term. I think most of us would consider the limits pretty low, achievable, <laughs> pretty <Yeah>. achievable. <laughs> the, the annual deductible um, to qualify for a high deductible plan is at least 1300 for individual and 2600 for family coverage. So those are not, you know, outrageously high. I would think that that's a pretty reasonable level of deductible to, to be able to qualify for the plan. But in, in terms of whether or not you should contribute to it, I mean, I think it is a good, it is a good option. Um, to Jared's point, you should think of it sort of like a 529. We wouldn't necessarily recommend putting money in there unless you expect to use it for medical expenses because there might be a better right. uh, vehicle for it. Well, and, w- and what the hope is w- in having the HSA is that you're not taking after-tax dollars, ones in which you've already paid tax on, and then using those unexpectedly to have to pay for medical expense. Again, if you, let's say, you know, you and your wife are, are, or, or you and your husband are planning for a, a child or something like that and you know there are ones coming up, if your plan is eligible for an HSA, and you can foresee medical expenses, don't not participate in those plans and then allow yourself to, to use after-tax dollars towards medical expenses when you could have gotten the benefit that Casey mentioned earlier of using tax-deferred dollars or, or non-tax dollars yeah, towards that, that same thing. Yeah, if you can get a, a discount on your medical expenses just by using tax, you know, using taking advantage of this type of plan and using those tax pre-tax dollars, then that's going right. to be a, I mean, it's a savings to you. You save, you know, depending on what your marginal bracket is, you know, 25 to maybe 50 cents on the dollar, yeah. depending so on if you're in the highest bracket. Ginger, I would say this. If you're eligible, certainly do that. If you think you're going to have some medical expenses, it would be to your benefit to do so. Uh, just make sure you're eligible and uh, keep an eye on those medical expenses. Guys, we have a question from our long-term listener, good friend, Bill Murray, uh, he says, for well over a decade, the Vanguard Healthcare funds have outpaced the S&P 500, and they're not alone. Just about anything in healthcare has uh, done quite well for a little while. Uh, do you think that will continue? Uh, which would you prefer for the next five years, the Vanguard Health Index or the Vanguard Managed Healthcare Fund? Uh, under President Trump, the drug producers might be pressured to lower prices, while hospitals might see increased uh, prosperity. Uh, is it time for a managed fund? Or will there be little difference in the long run? Well, uh, to be honest with you, Bill, there's been really little difference between the two types that you talked about uh, for for quite some time. In fact, um, if you look back around mid-2012 is where we started seeing uh, the the outperformance of the healthcare sector, and it it coincides with uh, when the Supreme Court actually uh, said it was legal for us to have the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, whatever you care to call it. Uh, if you look over the last 10 years, the returns um, on both of those funds are, are slightly over 10%. Uh, VGHAX, which is um, the uh, the managed health care fund, is, is up about 10.5%. The S&P over the same time period is about 7%. So absolutely, they have outperformed. A huge portion of that is because uh, of regulation that forced people on the uh, on the rolls of health care. Uh, you saw an increase in revenues. You're going to see an increase in earnings. Uh, I and, and Dr. Jean talked about this a good bit back when that was going on. Right. Uh, you know, he he uh, said that he would avoid it because sooner or later the profit's going to be squeezed out of these companies. And and I agree with you. That's probably what's going on. 
uh, as we go forward, uh, mm-hmm. especially with the pharmaceutical companies. Yeah. Uh, but I'll be honest with you, I think it's really more of a secular thing. So uh, in rebuilding Obamacare to make it whatever you want to call it, Trump care, Republican care, I don't care. <laughs> How about that? Uh, anyway, what, what I really think you might see is fewer people on the health care rolls at the same time that they're trying to squeeze some profit out of the system. So if you ask me, I'm saying that um, I, I don't know that I would overweight health care at this moment anyway. And, you know, this, this kind of launches into one of those situations we've got to uh, – uh, you know, you're using a, a sector, kind of a passive strategy to get exposure to an area that uh, that that you believe is going to outperform. Uh, there's a whole lot of uh, work out there right now that would tell you that passive strategies are better. They they leave it kind of half baked though. Mm-hmm. What they're saying is there is no selection within the sector. They're just going right. to buy everything at a certain weight that somebody has created an index to to look at. Right. Um, in the end. The thing that uh, that we're talking about right now is the fact that, well, should you even be overexposed to that space? So while they do away with the selection piece of it, uh, where nobody cares which of the individual stocks you own, the, the weighting or the allocation mm-hmm. in your portfolio is still very active. Yeah. So if you ask me, it's, it's very hard. In, f- in fact, I think it's impossible to have an investment portfolio without some active decision-making, no matter what you do. Absolutely. Yeah, and then the, the situation that you're describing is, you know, you wouldn't want to just own a healthcare fund, whether that be an, an active, actively managed portfolio of healthcare only healthcare stocks or a passively managed strategy where you're following an index. Right. You don't you get wanna, diversified. You don't get any kind of diversification. Right. Absolutely. And so if, if the healthcare does decline, yes, it's outperformed over the past decade, but um, that's nothing to say that that's going to continue. So you need to have some diversification regardless. Um, and, you know, while we're kind of on that topic, I guess mm-hmm. that, you know, begs the question of, of as Troy alluded to, there is a lot in the media these days, especially since we've been in a, basically an up market since 2009. Right. Um, you know, is an actively managed strategy actually better than a passive strategy? Right. And, you know, it's a valid question, especially in an up market. It, it, it's harder to justify an actively managed strategy if you're just looking at pure return. Right. You know, what is the the return relative to an index? I mean, obviously, if you're in a passive strategy, you're going to get the index return. Right. And, and an actively managed strategy, one of the one of the benefits, in our opinion, of an actively managed strategy is that you're not only managing uh, to to try to achieve a, a rate of return that's acceptable or or needed to meet your financial needs, but it's also managing the risk of that absolutely of that return and how much risk do you actually have to take to go out and achieve the return that you're hoping to, to get. Exactly. Right. If you ever hear somebody talk about beta in their portfolio, what hmm. they're talking about is is how their portfolio uh, returns act relative to the S&P 500 yeah. or the market. And when you have a beta of one, then it's going to act exactly like it. This is more or less a passive strategy, right. right? So what you see more often than not with an active strategy is a beta that's less than one, meaning, yes, as the market goes up, you're going to go up less. If the market, Say in our case, you know, a beta of 0.9, if the market's up 1%, we would be up 0.9% yep. in, in, mm-hmm. on a given day. But uh, 
that's that that's works where you're on the showing. on the reverse of that absolutely. as well. Absolutely. Right. So a beta of 0.9 to your point, Casey, is absolutely actively managing the risk. Now, like you said, on the downside, uh, market goes down one percent. Active management generally tends to outperform right. when the market is is uh, getting volatile and right. starting to sell off. And I mean, how many studies do we have to see? Human beings are risk averse. Yeah. yeah. And when you're risk averse, you want to make sure that you're, you know, generally what they'll do is they couch a question in two different ways. Uh, mm -hmm. The return on average, the weighted average return of the two uh, different strategies would be the same. The one that has the potential for the biggest loss, human beings generally avoid. Yeah. Except in this case. Right. Well, we're, and, we're and if you think passive. about it, I mean, over a long period of time, you should end up better off uh, pursuing a strategy where you're taking a little bit less risk. Uh, just because if you think about how that works mechanically and the, the analogy we always use for clients is that uh, think about if you've got $100, $100 and you lose 50%, you've lost 50 bucks. you got to right. make 100% to get back to where you started. Double your money. Absolutely. You double your money. Right. If you only lost half of that, if you lost 25%, you would have lost $25. You only have to make 33% to get back to where you started. Yeah. So the fact that you're not having to play as much catch-up over a long period of time, if you assume that there are market declines, which we, we have to assume that there right. will be. History has shown us that we have quite <laughs> it, a few market It allows declines. you to get back to making money faster, yeah, right? I mean, exactly. instead of trying to play catch-up and just make up for what you lost, now you can get back to actually making something. And so to that point, I would say to Bill Murray, look, the, the managed health care fund, assuming there is some active management to you know what we're talking about here, that to me would seem like a better option if you're saying is the Vanguard Health Index or the Vanguard Managed Health Care Fund be a better option? To us, the management would be a better option because th there is going to be some of this risk adjustment uh, accounted for, presumably, in that actively managed fund versus the passive managed fund. And while the passively managed fund may seem, or, or the index fund in this case, may seem like it's not quite as risky, uh, to some degree it is. I mean, if you think about it, as, as the stock price for a company rises, its market cap also rises, which means its, it's weighting in the index is going to rise with it. Yeah, if you right? think about how an index works, it, it, most most of these index indexes, indices. 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 Wow. Um, all right. <laughs> Got my, my SAT hat on. Yeah, that's right. That. <laughs> um, I thought you looked different. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, most of these indices, are, like the S&P 500, for example, is, is market cap weighted. What, what does that mean? It means that, you know, market capitalization is just the the stock price times the number of shares outstanding. So mm -hmm. if the right. price goes up, you know, and the, the number of shares outstanding doesn't change, the, the the weighting of that stock in the index is going to be greater. Right. So if you're following a passive strategy and, and buying that index, then the manager of that index fund has to buy more of the company that is increasing in market cap. So sure. think, of, think of Apple and the S&P 500. It's like 4% roughly of, of the S&P. Every time Apple goes up in price, the, the managers of that index fund have to go out and buy more Apple. Well, in theory, they're buying it when it's at, much a, at more a higher expensive. value. It's much more expensive yep. relative yeah. to the companies that are maybe cheaper relative to their, you know, whatever ratio you want to compare them to. Right. So you're effectively doing the opposite of what you should be doing, which is you know you're buying you're mm -hmm. buying high and selling low right the opposite versus what right. you should be doing which is buying low and selling high right uh there's other issues too we at Hensler financial actually prefer to uh, go with high quality companies yep. if you look at the s&p 500 
it's made up of a little bit of good, a little bit of not so good. Uh, the way that we determine what's high quality, actually, we look at uh, uh, the, the level of debt that's taken on by a company, uh, the, the predictability of earnings, uh, backing up to that debt question, you know, is it a debt? Even if it's high, is it a debt that their earnings have proven can be uh, serviced, right. you know, with ease? So what we try to do is avoid um, financial uh I guess, destruction mm-hmm. in, in the form of bankruptcy. We try to sure. always avoid that. Obviously, you know, that doesn't happen overnight. But um, when uh, when you buy the index as a whole, you're buying mm-hmm. the good and the bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, that's another one of those things. As an, as an active manager, we actually try to, to uh, deal with. All right, guys, we're going to take a real quick break. We'll be right back with some more listener questions. Stick around. You're listening to Money Talks. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.